This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Morning Breath, the drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. We take a chapter of the Bible, we read it on this Wednesday, October 7th. That's how I started my day. Got up, read the, the verses out of a certain chapter of the Bible. We're actually in John chapter 12. Spent some time just thinking about what what was being said there, asking God to speak to me personally for my own life. And then, of course, uh, because we do morning breath, also speak to me about anything you might want me to share, Lord, uh, you know, when the program gets going. And, and it's just a way to do a morning devotion. And so what we're doing is encouraging you to read the chapter. Maybe read it in the morning, read it at night before you go to bed. Uh, then uh, tune in and listen to Morning Breath, and we'll talk about the chapter. What I do is I and a co-host get together and we read it. My co-host today is Pastor Mark Cook. How are you doing, Pastor Mark? Great, Pastor Dan. How are you? I'm doing good. It's good, good to be, be on the show with yeah, you. Yeah, good to be here with you too, man. I love getting into the Word with you. Yeah, and we want uh, you listeners to get into the Word with us also. So we want you to get the Morning Breath guide. That way you know uh, what chapter we're going to be in. Like Pastor Dan said, we're in John chapter 12. You can know that if you have the guide by going to the East Coast app. Uh, hit the podcast button on there, and you can get to the uh, Morning Breath Guide that way. You can also listen to the show, yep. uh, listen to those podcasts. You can do that on our website, eccc.us. Now, you can call the office, 452-1060, area code 301. We can email you or mail you a guide. However you need to get a guide, we can get you one, and that way you can follow along with us. And if you're on our website, you're on our app, you can also see everything that's going on at East Coast Christian yes, Center. You yes. can on our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, you can get on our online services. There's just yep. all kinds of stuff happening. All sorts of ways. And we, we you can also watch Morning Breath for our Monday broadcast because Pastor Matt and Jessica do a video Morning Breath podcast. And so that's available out there for you as well. Now, we are so uh, grateful that services have begun at East Coast Christian Center on site at all of our campuses. And we're beginning to have people come back. And every week we have people who've come back for the first time since the pandemic started. And we are asking and, and encouraging and welcoming you back. If you're out there and you you felt like the Lord's been encouraging you to come back to online past the online services to in-person services. We'd encourage you to do that. We've got room for you. We're cleaning, uh, disinfecting, uh, purifying all the areas of our church. We've got childcare for all areas. We've got uh, seats that are set up for, in some areas, for social distancing and some other areas. We've got, just if you want to sit like you used to do in, in a regular area. If you want to wear masks, you can. If you don't uh, want to wear one, you don't have to. And so all of it's opening back up, and we're beginning to, you know, since our governor put us in level three, we've begun to respond to all that. Yeah. So, uh, Come on back. Yeah, come on back. One last thing is we got the Sisterhood oh, yeah. Flourish Digital Conference. It starts tomorrow. That's October 9th. Is that right? What's today? No, day after tomorrow. Day after it? tomorrow. It's yeah. Wednesday? Is it Wednesday today? Yeah, Wednesday. Today's today. Wednesday. What day is it? That's a question I've asked myself many times. Oh, me too. <laughs> Did again just now. <laughs> so uh, that's a great uh, – if you're a sisterhood, oh, man, if you're yeah. a woman at East Coast, you're a sisterhood, and, and it's going to be a great conference. They're going to be talking about abundance. Um, it is digital, so it's you can get online and watch the whole thing. You can watch it from your house. But you can also get connected to a watch party and go to someone else's house and watch it as a small group. Um, so it's yeah. whatever whatever level of comfort you have, you can get connected. Go to our website. That's eccc.us slash events. And there's more information and you can sign up there. Yep. Carolyn's going to do one at, at our house. And of course, so that means I'll have to go hunting or do something <laughs> in the woods. Whatever so I'm not around. Come up with. 
Oh, we're, I'll come up with something. <laughs> you know how that goes. Anyway, so good to have you guys here today. We're going to get right into it. Uh, we have uh, quite a few verses to read today, actually. It's 50, so, right? At yeah, 50. we're going to sp- split it right at uh, 25 or 26. My Bible has a break after 26. Yeah, I'll read the first 26, and then you can pick it up at verse 27. All right, that's what we'll do. I'm in the New King James, as are you, Pastor Dan. Sir. So we're going to read it in John 12. I say unto you, read, sir. Then, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been raised from the dead. Let me get that right. I'm starting over. Then, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Uh, This he said, not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She, She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you did not always have. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. The next day a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. Therefore, the people who were with him, when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, bore witness. For this reason, the people also met him because they heard that he had done this sign. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the whole world has gone after him. Now, there were certain Greeks among those who came up, excuse me, to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Verse 27, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? 
Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying by what death he would die. The people answered him, we have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say the son of man must be lifted up? Who is this son of man? Then Jesus said to them, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. But although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him that the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke. Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. These things Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Amen. Wow. Big chapter, a lot going on here. Um, what stood out to you, Pastor Mark, as you read the chapter? What was like the... the uh, kind of the key verses or the key point that was made in the chapter? Well, I got some key point. I, I, I had to point out one thing that I thought was kind of humorous. Do it. Um, it says that the Jews were angry and they wanted to kill Lazarus because Jesus had raised him from the dead. That's an interesting thought. <laughs> I mean, we're going to rub you out because <laughs> you were rubbed out once already and somebody rose you from the dead. So we're going to finish it. Yeah, it's just the, 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 the deception that you can get into. We'll kill him, but he was already dead and raised... I don't know what to do. You know, the other thing about that that I've always thought about, a lot of people don't like when I say this, but I'm going to say it again because I think it it bears saying the Jewish mindset here was murderous. Mm. And it was as violent as the maybe the violent Muslim mindset we have today. And a lot of people don't understand. These folks are all from the same part of the world, and it was a very harsh very, you know, not so good environment. And even when they were, you know, killing Christians for believing, Stephen, when he was stoned and, you know, going around to arrest, imprison, and kill Christians, it was not a, this was not a happy group yeah. on a lot of levels. Very harsh treatment of, you know, what they didn't believe in. And so that death thing has been working in our world for a long time in that same spirit 
that kind of controls all of that terrorist, murderous thing was actually working in these religious leaders way back then. Well, and I'll submit that that's religion. Exactly. But see, and here's the thing that you just made the point, Pastor Dan. Religion, when we say religion, we automatically think Bibles, churches, maybe maybe even you think of a synagogue or you think of a— Sundays, it's Sunday. You might even think of a mosque or you you think of something, you know, you might even think of Buddhism. But here's the thing. Religion, a religious fervor leads to what you're describing. I think we see that now in our society. We see, we see people who are just livid about what they believe. I've got air quotes. Yep. They're livid about what they believe to the point of it's they're going to – some people, they would want to kill you because you don't believe what they believe they politically. Might, they might, yes, and they might ambush police officers yeah. or they might ambush somebody of color. They might do all sorts of crazy things because of a fervent wrong belief. Yeah. And, yep. and, and that's exactly what we're seeing here. Exactly. It's the same spirit. Now, it, like, people don't—I wouldn't uh, want—don't misunderstand it. We're, just because someone, you know, is follows a certain religion and acts this way, even if someone says, I'm an atheist, but they act the same way, it's the same spirit. That's right. It's the same thing going it, on in people. It, it, it's, that's a great point. And I think that what we don't understand here is there is this uh, religiously—and and take church out of the religious, take following Jesus— being religious will not save anybody. You know, one time uh, somebody, we were at the zoo, and a monkey was one of those monkeys that just does the same crazy thing again and again, hit the bottom of the cage, jumped to the side of the cage, jumped up to the branch on the middle, jumped back over to the other side of the cage, bottom side, branch side, bottom side, branch side. And this monkey just kept doing it. It's like a spider monkey, a yeah. small monkey. And one of the people I was with said, now that monkey is religious. Mm. And so, you know, just in that sort of pulled along by this belief that you just are going through this motion and feeling pretty, you know, fervent about it, that's religion. Uh, I was on a bus one time in Israel coming back from one event to another uh, with actually with Zola Levitt, if anybody remembers that name. He was a pretty famous Jewish believer back in the day. And we picked up a soldier. And they and he sat next to me. In fact, the whole bus in the back, they said, okay, clear spot, make the spot by Pastor Dan so he can talk to him. And I started talking to him and I, you know, I was talking to him about Christ. And he said, you know, I think that's the problem here in Israel, is all religion. And he said, it's the Muslims against the Jews, against the seculars. And I and I surprised him when I said I couldn't agree with you more. Mm. That it is all religious fervor. It isn't a relationship with Jesus because a relationship with Christ does not equate to what you see around you right now. A relationship with Christ equates somebody putting a towel around their waist and serving you. Yeah. Loving, like Paul got in trouble for preaching the gospel to the Arabs. Mm. That's who he was preaching to, the very opposite enemies of Israel. And not that the enemies of Israel are not real, they are. But again, it's religious fervor, not a relationship with the living God. And you can see that even with people who say it's Jesus. Oh, yeah. And we've seen that through history and we've seen people get mad. And, and that's the reason people have thrown Christianity over into that religious box, because unfortunately, yep. it's it's been handled that way. 
But if you go after the truth, the truth is who Jesus is. And I love it to go back to your original question. What, what did I feel like was kind of key to me? Um, it was right at the end of the chapter uh, when Jesus, you know, Jesus, it reminded me of John three seventeen, 17, uh, same book earlier. He mm. said, the son of man did not, uh, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, mm. but that the world through him would be saved. And he goes on and says he here in verse 47, if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. But here's what's important. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. Man, the word of God is so incredibly important, and it's the thing that makes all the difference. Jesus is the word made flesh. So if you reject the word that was spoken— in the same token, then you're rejecting Jesus by that yes, same. It's the, yes. it's the word. It's not what you do. It's not, you know, it's not whether you did everything perfectly. It's do you hear the word? Do you believe who Jesus is? Because he's saying, look, if you believe me, you believe him who sent me. Yes. And and so, you know, this is all going back to God the Father. And I just, I love that he points out that it's just as simple as believing the word that he says there. He said, the words I speak, their spirit and their life, their life giving. And it even says, I know his command is everlasting life. The yes. command of God is not death. It's not judgment. It's not condemnation. Condemnation. The command of God is everlasting life. It's so powerful to me. It, it, it's super powerful. I, I'm going to go back to the other thought and kind of tie those together. You know, we go into the Last Supper here very quickly in this, in this next little bit. And you've got to remember that at the Last Supper— Demonic influence was there. Yeah, the, uh, somebody was demon possessed. The devil went into Judas Iscariot there. Um, just because there's something bad around doesn't mean there's not something real and living. Jesus was sitting at that table, yet the devil was entering Judas Iscariot. Wow. So you can, you know, you can have bad eggs in any group or any organization or any group of, let's say, believers tears among the wheat, and that's just an expression from Scripture, but that does not judge the whole group based on one person or one dozen people out there doing what's wrong. In this case here, even Peter, who was also talked about in this group as going to deny the Lord three times, does go ahead and denies the Lord three times, does fails mm -hmm. Jesus in so many ways. Uh, and then the next line that he says, after you're going to fail me three times is, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why? Because in my father's house, I prepared many mansions. And when the angels told uh, the women that Jesus and the disciples that Jesus was uh, risen, they said, tell his disciples and Peter, we go to meet him in Galilee. That's not judgment. If God was looking for an excuse mm. to judge us, he had one yeah. because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's none of us that have lived a perfect life, which to me obviously states his will not to judge us, but to love us and care for us and uh, provide for us Amen. in incredible ways. Yeah, and I just, I love that it's it's a command to life. It's a command, um, not, people just, there's this sense in the Bible, if you don't rightly divide the word, that God is this harsh, judgmental God. And that, but for Jesus to say, that the command of God is everlasting life. You know, he said to Joshua, you know, I've set before you life and death. Mm. Yeah, then he, I'll give you the answer. Choose, choose life. Yeah, choose life yeah, you that know, you may live. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's his. That's what his desire is for us. And so I just I love that Jesus brought that out so clearly. Something else that's interesting. Uh, right before this, it made me think of Romans ten nine and ten when we read it just now because I hadn't thought about it before. Uh, it says in verse forty two. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him, 
but because of the Pharisees, the religious rulers, they did not confess him because they didn't want to be put out of the synagogue. Yeah. Man, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10 that you, if you believe in your heart the Lord Jesus Christ, if you uh, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and yeah. believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will yeah. be saved. And there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a courage required to walk in grace. Yep. Um, and the ability to say that, man, I, I'm not just going to hide this in my heart. I'm going to speak it. You, you have to risk uh, the disapproval of people that you might love. Yeah. You have to risk maybe the disapproval of a society that you live in. But, man, it's, you've got to just be willing to speak that thing out and have the boldness to say, not only do I believe in Jesus, I'm going to say it. Yeah. I'm going to talk about and it. And it's especially hard uh, when you break that news let's say to anybody, to your family, or break the, it, it could be like you've been a Christian for a long time, but you got a new job, and now you're around all new people, and somebody says something or does something and asks you, like, what do you think of that? And you go, well, you know, I kind of put my faith in Christ, and I'm, I'm going to try to live for God instead of, you know, go to the, I don't know, the, the strip club or whatever sure. the case may be. I'll pass on that. When, when you're confronted with saying it to someone who doesn't know where you stand, and that could be, a, you know, you talking to your family for the first time after you got saved, or you talking to your, you know, your core group of friends who you had partied with for, you know, 20 years or whatever the case may be. And so we understand we've been in that position where we've had to say it for the first time to somebody who didn't know it before, and, and you've got to kind of stand up and say, hey, I'm going to stand up for the Lord. I'm not, I'm, that's not the direction I'm going in my life. So we understand that's challenging, but there's grace for it. Mm. God is going to give you grace to even say it. He's not only going to give you the grace to be saved and to know who you are in Christ, but he is going to give you the grace to say it, and he's going to give you the grace to say it with grace. Not this, you know, like, oh, I'm a believer. I would never go to a strip club. And, uh, you know, or whatever the case may be to where you come across as a, you know, really honestly just a jerk. Yeah. He's going to, if you'll listen, he'll not only give you the grace to say it, but he'll give you the grace to say it with grace and to be able to stand up for the Lord without making somebody out as, you know, they're the enemy. Yeah. They're not the enemy. They're a friend. And, you know, if all these other people can get saved and you can get saved, they can too. What I think the great thing about it is if, if you're, if you'll have the courage, if you, if you just lean on them and be willing to take that stand, it, you'll, you go through a progression. I, I know I have pastor Dan. I went from, you know, through a progression of, you know, I'd be nervous to maybe say those things around people yeah. um, because of how it would make me feel yeah. and maybe what I might experience. But I've, you know, gone through enough life with the Lord now to where, to me, the opportunity to say that is the opportunity to begin to, to, begin to witness and change yep. that person's life. Yep. And that's a, that's, it takes a little while to get there, maybe. Um, some people, they get it right out of the gate, man. Yeah. You get them, they get saved, they come out on fire. But the yep. ability to go, not only am I going to say why I'm not going to do that, I'm going to begin to engage this person to see if that seed can get planted in their life and see their life change. I mean, it's yeah. an opportunity because you've, you're making a decision not to do something based on what you believe. Yep. Why wouldn't they have the opportunity to do the same thing? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, uh, we actually look for those opportunities. And if you look for one of those today, God might provide one. Amen. Where you could have a little <laughs> opening. So if you're looking for them, a lot of times they're there. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. 
This is a message for all of sisterhood. If you are a woman, you are sisterhood. Sisterhood is our identity as girls here at East Coast. It's not about what we do. It's about who we are and who we are called to be as girls who love Jesus with all of our hearts. For the past few years, we have gathered together as a sisterhood from all of our locations and hosted our Sisterhood Flourish conferences at our Merritt Island campus. But this year, our Sisterhood Flourish conference is going digital. Tickets are $20, and when you register, you'll receive full access to all online content, access to a private Facebook group just for attendees, sneak peeks before the event, and the opportunity to attend small in-person watch parties. In addition to all of that, you will also receive a gift box full of goodies and conference material to help make your Flourish experience unforgettable. We hope you and your friends join us for this fun, interactive night. Registration and more information can be found at eccc.us slash events. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. Take this year with God at East Coast Christian University to truly understand why and how to continue your destiny and walk with Christ. Earn your associate's, bachelor's, and master's degree. Our instructors are experienced, helpful, and show a genuine love for studying the Word of God. East Coast Christian University is located at 670 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. For more information, our number is 452-1060, extension 131, and our website is eccuequipped.com. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Join Overlook Ministries on October the 17th at the Avenue Worship Center for the 8th Annual Overlook Fiesta Fundraiser. Overlook is a ministry faithfully serving East Coast Christian Center and Brevard County for 23 years, reaching out to the lost, homeless, and overlooked. The Fiesta begins 7 p.m. on October 17th with desserts, inspiration, and community. Let's change the world one man at a time. Coast Vieira meets every week at Vieira High School at 9:15 and 10:45 with a high energy and dynamic children's ministry for all ages. East Coast Vieira Youth meets every Sunday night at 6 p.m. For more information or to learn more, our website is vieira.eccc.us. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Morning Breath. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to close up with verse 27. Uh, This is Jesus speaking, by the way. It says, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. So what we have here is Jesus is conflicted. You could say troubled, agitated, stirred up. There's a lot of ways you could describe it. But what I think is going on here, is that his emotions are contrary to the will of God. Mm. 
He knows he's, he came to come to the cross to die for the sins of the entire world. But emotionally, that was like, no way. I don't want to do that. Who wants to go through that? Who wants to be tortured? And just like we see in other uh, gospels where he's in the garden, he sweats blood, all those things that go on. I just want to say it is not unusual for you emotionally to be contrary with the word of God. We don't always do what we do and feel great about it. Uh, We don't always do what we do and feel bad about it. Very often our emotions, see your emotions aren't trustworthy. Your emotions spring out of what you believe. And if you start thinking about me crucified and you believe all, you just start thinking about all the wrong things in that process, you're gonna get agitated and it's gonna pull you in the wrong direction. I wanna close this thought by saying, I believe that you can control your emotions and not let your emotions control you. Yes. And because they're not a good guide or they're not a good Lord. They're not trustworthy. The word is. Yes. The will of God is, but your emotions are not. So go with your beliefs, not the way you feel. Amen. God bless, guys. See you later. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.